For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. The hottest team in baseball has an off day today on Thursday. This is episode 22 of the Hit It Here podcast, and we have a lot to talk about today with the Seattle Mariners, their chase for the division, and what happened on this road trip, especially the last game against the Chicago White Sox. But first off, Joe, how's it going? I'm Cal Grumpy. Just keeping it. We'll just keep it, keep it right there like that. We're Cal Grumpy today. We is a strong word. Yeah. You're Cal Grumpy. The Mariners, again, they have an off day. They're returning home to once again play the Kansas City Royals, who scare me a lot more than the White Sox. What, what blows my mind is that the, the Royals have a worse record than the White Sox. Yeah. The mm -hmm. White Sox, that pitching staff may have been the worst pitching staff I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was really bad. It was pretty abysmal. I definitely think Brady Singer had an awful, he had an awful start to his year and then has climbed back, crawled his way out of terribleness and has, I think, had a pretty decent second half. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the White Sox just are feeble. Is mm -hmm. is is really sad. Yeah, I mean, the the hardest person to face in this series was Mike Clevenger. And you had Brian Wu going up, obviously coming off the injury on a pitch count. Mm -hmm. Of all the games to lose, I figured that would be the one. Yeah. Because you have you had Kirby in the third game, Castillo in the first game. So I figured if there's any game and watching Mike Clevenger just pitch was awful just because of how annoying he is. But also watching Tuki Toussaint and Michael Kopech not be able to find the strike zone at all. At least Toussaint was missing on the other side of the plate. Yeah. But Kopech was thrown inside. I don't know the exact number, but the Mariners got hit so many times A in bunch. this series versus the White Sox. But in the end, they're coming home with an eight and two record. What did you see from the Mariners in this road trip? A lot of fights. They weren't they weren't willing to give up at any moment. And I think aside from the final game, the offense looked ready to attack. They looked ready to pounce at any given moment that they were able to strike back. And we, you know, we did do that in the final game a little bit. It's just it wasn't enough. We we and we the Mariners figured out figured in the end of the game, oh hey, we we are the Seattle Mariners. We can put some runs on the board if we if we choose to. They just don't like giving George Kirby run support, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of fight in the team, and prior to July first, when or whenever you know, back and forth, up and down, five hundred several times throughout the year, more than I can count on my fingers and toes. I think is how many times you didn't really see it, but now now you're finally seeing it. Mm -hmm. And. Coming off of this road trip where you swept the Houston Astros, the Rangers went on a six-game losing streak. They are off the day that we are recording this. Mm -hmm. 
the Mariners made up immense ground. And to all those people that made fun of me for saying the Mariners could win this division, suck it. Just plain, plain and simple. simple. Yeah. Suck it. It's right there. That's all I got. That's all I got for you. The Mariners are at this moment a game and a half back of the division. The Astros game has not started yet, so as of right now, they're a game behind the Astros, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Obviously, that could change by the time this comes out. But the Mariners are going on to take on the Royals. They'll have Bryce Miller and then Gilbert and then Castillo. Right, Mil- Miller, Gilbert, Castillo. I'm not sure. Have we seen the probables for the Royals yet? Singer in the first game. I can't remember who was in the second, and then the third game is still to be announced. So gotcha. okay. Mariner Mojo, you know, Sunday meetup in the J-Rod squad. We get to see Luis Castillo pitch in the Sunday creams. We'll be, you know, sitting out in the sun the entire time. So bring your sunscreen if you're coming. But uh, is it'll be a good time to see Castillo pitch on the Sunday. You know, it'll yeah, be a fun I think time. it's supposed to be warm that day, right? Unfortunately, it's going to be Fantastic. hot. So great. If you're there. Obviously, in the J-Rod squad, you'll, you'll see us because it's the Mariner Mojo fan meetup. But, you know, if you're not there for that and you still see us, say hi. We'll be hot. So mm-hmm. we won't be hard and to miss. If you are coming to that and you are coming for the meetup, we have uh, raffle tickets that we, we're going to give away a couple of prizes. And I got some raffle tickets that we'll give out to each person. One raffle ticket per person and you have a chance to win some cool prizes. So. That's just going to be one of the things we're going to be doing at the game in the J-Rod squad. If you haven't got your tickets yet, make sure you get them as soon as possible. General admission, section 103 in the J-Rod squad. I think against the Royals at home, the Mariners, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything about the Royals. It's Jordan Lyles in game two. That's what it was. Okay, that makes sense. I'm not going to take the Royals lightly. Like, obviously the Mariners took three of four against them, but when they lost that first game, it was a... Big old yikes. Yeah. And then you go on to face the Oakland Athletics. And I think that finishes the month of August. Yes. The Athletics. So mm-hmm. you still have, you, you get to face the two worst teams in all of baseball to finish the month of August. You already had two eight game winning streaks this month. And the idea that when I think in a video, I said the Mariners need to go like 20 and eight or something like that. And I don't think they actually played 28 games, but nonetheless, they needed to go 20 and eight to really make a run at this thing. They are on pace to do exactly that the rest of the way. And with the Mariners' current record, if they play 500 baseball the rest of the way, maybe one game over 500, they will finish with 90 wins on the season. Yeah. A lot of people are projecting or saying that 90 wins will get you dancing in the playoffs. It'll be close. It'll definitely be close at the end of the year because you've got the, the, the race seems a lot more. I don't know if it's just more tight this year or there's more competition, but I know we were the second wild card last year with 90 wins and the Rays were the third with like, I think they had finished with 86 and 76. I don't right. think wild card three, wild card three would be 90 wins. If I, if I'm being honest with how the teams look that are in this race right now between us, Houston, Toronto, if you want to throw the Red Sox in there, you may, but they've lost two out of three so far to Houston. They might, take the final game if no it's a four game set i don't know whatever they're playing houston red Sox. that's tough that's tough water to be in but i just i don't know 90 wins that's what you can get by your like you're saying playing just above 500 if i'm the mariners and we just had the back-to-back great great months i want to finish with 92 like i want to be above that threshold duh you know more wins is better but it's now is not the time to get complacent with the teams you're playing how you guys are feeling as a team how the everything else in in between it's just not the time to slow down because you just caught 
steam rolling downhill. Keep going. Mm-hmm. And you caught you caught the Rangers. I mean, you're not mm-hmm. like chasing them. You have caught them at yes. this point. You are right there. And of course, Astros included in that. And again, there's that 10 game stretch at the end of the season where you play those guys 10 times. So yes. you look at that and as long as you can keep your head above water over the next few weeks, you look at those final 10 games as that's when it that's when it starts. Those 10 games are more important than any other games this season. It does not matter. You Again, keep your head above water until then. And if you can stock some wins up before that, maybe give yourself a bit of a buffer, you're in a good spot. Wild card three. Again, we talked about this last year. Wild card three is probably the best spot to be in if you're going to be in the wild card because you're going to end up playing the Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. In Minnesota, but you're playing the Minnesota Twins. The Mariners last year went into Toronto and won both games. Who's to say that if they're a wild card three, they couldn't go do the same thing in Minnesota, Mm -hmm. especially with the pitching matchups. You've got either Castillo or Kirby game one, the other one in game two. You're facing Sonny Gray and Joe Ryan. I'm taking the Mariners in both of those. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong. Gray and Ryan have been great. Ryan's definitely Mm -hmm. slowed down in the second half. Gray is still trucking along. And... Is there a chance the Guardians somehow make a push and end up in that spot? That's the beauty of the AL Central. They're absolutely horrendous. So anyone could take it except for probably the White Sox and the Royals. But, you know, those three teams at the top there, they could make their way into that spot. The (laughs) Tigers? The Tigers? You don't... Yeah, the Tigers have fallen off since the deadline. This is true. Yeah. Ever since the Eduardo Rodriguez turned down that trade, you know? They had such a bright future with the Los Angeles Dodgers there, you know? Yep, yep. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> I think that and of course we're looking at division specifically the Mariners need to win this division that's the way I look at it yeah or they, they need to attack because if they win the division they have that first round by of course obviously the third the worst of the division winners would take on the wild card yeah so when the division you're immediately in a five game series probably against if we're talking wild card Astros or Blue Jays maybe or even the Rays I don't know exactly how it how that would all work well, out. So, la- so last year, we, as the wild card 4-5 winner, faced the one seed in the American League. So whoever would be the one seed, assuming we are the division winners, that would then be the AL East in the Baltimore Orioles. Mm-hmm. So like that is who the 4-5 would play. So we would play, if we're the two seed, it would be the AL Central winner or the wild card three. Which at the moment, I think would be, if we were to win the division actually could end up being Texas, the Astros, Astros yeah. or or Minnesota, which would mm-hmm. be obviously there's a bunch of theoreticals, theoreticals, a bunch of numbers moving around and teams moving. But yeah, there's many different ways for the Mariners to get into the playoffs. And if you'd asked me two weeks ago how likely it would be that we'd be in the division, like fighting for the division, I would have I, I just I don't think anybody was expecting a six game losing streak out of the Rangers. You th- you think maybe, okay, one or two, and then they'll get a win. Like it, it's not going to be six in a row. It could be two, one, two, one, or something like that over six games, but six in a row, that is brutal. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. with the Mariners getting another eight game winning streak, obviously ended 
and the final game on Wednesday against the White Sox. But yeah, there's, like you said, a ton of ground covered in the American League West. Let's talk about that final game against the White Sox really quick, because the start of the game, I mean, you could tell the Mariners were just gassed. Yeah, they were they were playing flat. Kirby was still fine. The home run that Trace Thompson hit was ridiculous. That was not even close to the strike zone. I wish Joe Kelly and Lance Lynn were still on the White Sox, because that means Trace Thompson would still be a Dodger. True. And he couldn't he couldn't hurt us until September. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, so, that was insane hit by him and then gino of course gino came up big in the ninth inning giving the mariners the lead four to three at the time and gino and julio rodriguez have been really good and speaking of which breaking t has some new shirts gino with his heart and then julio make sure you use the link down below help us out get yourself a nice breaking t t-shirt and let's talk a little bit more about this white Sox loss huh because mariners added another new player in luke weaver joe Tell me about Luke Weaver. Well, he was on the team in spring training, I believe, and yep. didn't end up sticking. And then he had like a six, eight, seven ERA coming to the year in the bigs, I think. So in, in limited, limited work, right? Luke Weaver has not done a whole lot this year, except in his Seattle Mariners debut, goes two innings, strikes out five out of the six batters that he gets out. Mm-hmm. Dude was the pitching lab. Chills. Crazy, and you, you've wanted Luke Weaver for a while. Yeah, when Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly came over to the Arizona Diamondbacks in that trade for Paul Goldschmidt, I wanted Carson Kelly at the time to be the backup for, I think it was Mike Zanino at the time, and then Luke Weaver, I wanted to slot right into the rotation. He was a starting pitcher at the time. I loved that trade for the Diamondbacks. Goes to show how much I knew about baseball at the time. <laughs> and Luke Weaver, you can see why the Mariners wanted him. I mean, his stuff is nasty. He, his slider is ridiculous. It has a lot of break to it, just like Eduard Bizzardo, you know, another guy whose slider was really, really impressive to me. And it just, the Mariners have a type. They have a type, you know, and they go after, it's, it's, the, it's the hot blonde with the big rack, you know? It's just guys with good sliders. <laughs> guys with, hey, nothing wrong with guys with good sliders, you know what I mean? <laughs> they can get and me Luke, going. What? What? And Luke Weaver fits in really well with this club, I think. Again, he was a starter before. He could give you length if you need him to. Mm-hmm. But I, I think he really plays up out of the bullpen for the Mariners. Is he on this team the rest of the way? Who knows? Yeah. Obviously, Emerson Hancock was transferred to the 60-day, so he's done for the year. Yeah. When rosters expand, when you get those extra two roster spots here in the next couple of weeks when the calendar flips to September, I'm not sure what happens now. Obviously, we can talk about Jared Kelnick coming back at some point. Um jp's back at this point i think when kelnick comes back the move is still mike ford i am so unimpressed by mike ford lately it's incredible how how high just and mid. how low yeah just yeah. mid yeah he hasn't he's he's had some spark every once in a while but then the next three at bats are just there's nothing doing for him and it's if, just it's just not working if I was to find out right after this podcast that Mike Ford was designated for assignment and that Mariners brought up Jake Shiner. Wouldn't be mad. I'm cool. Yeah. I'm cool with it. Give him a shot. Mm-hmm. Let's just see what he can do. Or even Zach Deloach. I don't care. Give them a shot. Yeah. So I think that Mike Ford will go again. Kellnick will come up in terms of pitching. I mean, it could be anyone at this point. I mean, the Mariners just the, these guys are a dime a dozen. Mariners stick their hand into the barrel of monkeys, pull one out and say, this is the one Yep, that's going to pitch for us. So, yeah, I just, you know, there's, there's the hot button name guys. Like people want like Prelander Baroa, you know, because he's the flashy pick. Is he necessarily the right pick for the team going down the line in September? He could be. I just, 
Is that a risk you're willing to take with what we've seen as command issues in the past? Yes, he has seemingly kind of worked those out of his system in AA Arkansas. Is that ever a guarantee with the bigger spotlight of the MLB? It's tough to say. There's other guys in AAA, like Devin Sweet's there right now. You've got We've talked about Riley O'Brien probably more than anybody else on the platform because why not? And I don't know. I just feel like, not that we need Riley O'Brien. It's just there are so many guys that can just come up and be okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, again, it doesn't matter who they bring up. The exactly. Mariners are going to bring up somebody. And are they going to factor in all that much? Probably not. It's going to be a reliever of some kind. There's a really good chance the Mariners just kind of scrap the whole six-man rotation thing and then do what they did with Brian Wu when he came back from the injured list and have him go, you know, hopefully four innings and then piggyback him with someone who can give him a little bit of length after that. Mm-hmm. The bullpen itself has been good for the most part, yeah. but we have seen them be a little shaky here and there. Um, obviously, Andres Munoz in the final game against the White Sox just didn't have it. He could not find the zone at all with his slider. And to be fair, this happens, whatever. It, it's one game in the grand scheme of things, you know, it is what it is. So you mentioned Andres Munoz not really having it in this game final game against the White Sox, would you go to Matt Brash instead in a vacuum? Don't don't think about the results. Just if you are Scott Service, who are you calling on in this game? I'm going to Andres Munoz. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it was only, it was what? Brash was the only one that didn't pitch the day before, right? Mm-hmm. Did Munoz pitch the day before? I don't believe so, actually. No, he did. He did. He came in and got the final out after Gabe's fire. Oh, right. Um, right. I mean, he, he got one out, whatever. Sure. But... No, I, I think you still go Munoz there. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Spire was down because he had yeah. thrown 30-some pitches a day before. I'm not, I think the only conversation to be had is Brash or Munoz for this game specifically. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. I think with how each of them have been pitching the last month, I might go Brash. And I don't know if that's just my bias laying into the fact that I saw Munoz not get it done yesterday versus I can imagine Brash getting it done. But had we had this conversation a couple hours ago, who you having close out the final game against the White Sox, you probably still, I, yeah, I, I get it. You know, you're probably still saying Munoz. Yeah, I mean, Andres Munoz is your best pitcher. Over his last 15 games, he's got a 2-5-1 ERA in, let's see, 14 innings pitched. But he has given up 13 hits, including seven runs and seven walks. His uh, his oh. whips at 1.4 in his last 15. How with is yeah, right? only 2.51 with that uh, many earned runs? Probably because it's against the runners in like extra innings. Oh, and when runners? that's the case, when that's the case, you don't get charged those right. runs. Okay. So I would assume that's what it is. But his whip is pretty high right now uh, at a last seven games a one five. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Brash or Munoz ever since Paul Seawald was traded away. And I still, to this day, don't know what the right answer is. I personally, if if Gabe Spire was available, I would have used Gabe Spire in that spot. Colos, left-handed hitter. You had um, Yasmani Grandal on deck, left-handed hitter. And, of course, these were guys that they could have come in like off the bench or what have you to pinch hit. Mm-hmm. Might have been different if Spire was up on the mound. We look at Brash in his last seven. Brash has a 4.05 ERA in his last seven hmm. uh, with a 1.2 whip. Last 15, 1.2 whip as well, pitching to a 2.57 ERA. So Pretty similar. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that there's a wrong answer in the end. I mean... 
it could have gone either way, in my opinion. Again, Topa obviously was available. He ended up pitching. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm i not sure if you go to Topa in that situation. Use Munoz earlier. Right. It You know, the list goes on and on of what you could have done. Yeah, and... we, could, we could run 100 simulations, do 50 with Munoz, 50 with Brash. There's going to be ones where Brash doesn't hold the lead, you know. Mm-hmm. And then this just happens to be one of those ones where Munoz did. It could have been 47 out of 50 for both. This just happens to be one of those three, if we're thinking mm-hmm. about theoreticals. It's just, I know, I, I haven't looked at Twitter. I, I, other than the fact that I tweeted, that sure is one way to lose a baseball game. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't. Go do it now. But I'm sure I'll see the, Scott Service should have gone to Matt Brash instead of Munoz. Munoz doesn't have that dog in him. He's not the closer for the Mariners. And then we'll go into game one against the Royals at home, and they're going to play Los Bomberos, little intro thing and Munoz is going to come out in the ninth and shut it down or Matt Brash will come in and blow it shut it down (laughs) and then everyone will be like ah see he can do it yeah yeah it's it's interesting because during the a-game winning streak you know it's so harmonious you don't hear these people it's great (laughs) they're not talking they're not saying dumb stuff stuff yeah stuff. stuff they're not saying stuff on twitter you know what they all shut up and then as soon as things start to go wrong here they are. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. There was a guy that I retweeted on Twitter today was saying, oh, what a, you know, Mariners suck, blah, blah, blah. You know, what a terrible way to end this winning streak. It's got to end eventually. You know? Yeah. It, 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 could it could the Mariners could. And the, I'm not even saying it would be difficult. The Mariners could be on, if they would have won today, a 19-game winning streak. Could. Yeah. They're not because obviously the game again, games against the Orioles were winnable. You know, the game mm-hmm. against the Royals, winnable. This game against the White Sox, winnable. But guess what? That's how baseball be. Yeah. Also, several of those games along the way that were wins, very losable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just yeah. the, the coin flip went in our way more times than not in August so far. And be thankful for that because if not, the conversations we, we would be having would be a lot different around where this team would be at. We should be very, very thankful that we're only a game and a half back of the Texas Rangers in the division. Because I think their expected win-loss should be at like eight. They should be at 80 wins right now because of how high their run differential is. We should be so thankful that the Mariners have been so good for the last two months. But... Was that a game the Mariners should have won to extend their nine-game winning streak? Yes. Although they had no business being in that game going into the ninth inning anyway. So, yeah, with how the offense performed earlier in the day, you're exactly. There should be no way that it's four to three going to the bottom of the ninth and then Munoz has to come in and close. I I would be willing to bet his mindset by the seventh inning was like, oh, it's chalked. You know? Unless Unless I'm just, that's just a negative output or a negative outlook on our part saying like, oh, they're not in this game at all. I don't need to pitch. Like you have that mentality, like, oh, I'm always ready to go no matter what. But mm-hmm. if I if I'm imagining myself as 101 with a nasty slider, and we're losing with the way the offense looked earlier in the game, I don't think I'm going in. Yeah, nothing about the way that game had gone up until that point screamed that the Mariners were going to have any chance at winning this game. They they were the flattest I think I've ever seen them up until basically the ninth inning. Yeah, And credit to Jose Caballero, he got it started. He got the walk, he stole second, stole third, ended up scoring. I was really impressed with Caballero. Another guy I've been incredibly impressed with has been Josh Rojas. Obviously a major, major upgrade over Colton Wong. It almost looks like he's kind of found his way back to what he was in the past couple of years. 
more so than what he was at the beginning of this year. What do you think about Rojas right now? I, there's been so much talk about him being a good vibes guy, a good clubhouse guy. And I think that's starting to show really quickly with him also performing well in the same way and him being open to being able to be coached. He's not this guy that's coming in, you know, with two months left in the season, like, ah, you guys can't help me this year. I've been having a really bad year. No, he's, he, I don't remember if it was a conversation that he had with DeHart or Arnrich. Can't remember if, which of the hitting coaches it was, but there was an interview that I think that Rojas did on Seattle sports radio. I want to say where he's talking about like, I'm, I'm coachable. I think my swing, it's good. But if there's something you guys are seeing, let me know. And ever since the first three and a half games, four games or whatever, where everyone was willing to send Josh Rojas down, dude's been great. Mm-hmm. Not much to complain about. There have been some at-bats where it's like, okay, that was that was kind of a at-bat. Or there's some moments in the field where it's like, oh, maybe the synergy's not there with the rest of his infield or running out there with the outfield with tail on that side of the infield. But to say that, just looking back at what Colton Wong gave us earlier at the beginning of the year, and this is no dig at Colton Wong. It's just it wasn't working out. Josh Rojas has been a lot better. Mm-hmm. And that trade has worked out for the Mariners in multiple facets. Obviously, Dominic Canzone has had has some big moments. Mm-hmm. And then Paul Seawald is out there closing games and whatnot for the Diamondbacks against the Rangers. W. And then he tweets, we got you, PNW Hart. Like, what an absolute legend Paul yeah. Seawald is. Huge. For real. Like, if, if the Mariners, after his contract's up next year, don't go out and try and sign him, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sad. We can go. We can go like protest in front of T-Mobile. It's like bring I'm back, that. bring back Paul, the pickets. Hell, trade for him this offseason. Who says trade? No? Trade Ryan Bliss for Paul Seawald straight up. Thoughts? I don't know. I kind of like Bliss. I do too. He's been doing well in Tacoma. <laughs> so the Mariners again, an eight and two road trip. They're coming back home. People are upset about an eight and two road trip just because of, it's. It, it is so crazy how one game can make people lose their minds after the Mariners go eight and two they sweep the Houston Astros but they lost this one game on some BS yeah hitting Tim Anderson to the head because JP made an iffy throw and whatnot and I don't know it is a bang bang play at at the end of the day right there it is one you know his he releases the ball a half second earlier and then it's not it's no longer gonna hit Tim Anderson the head running down third baseline it's just it is what it is if that's what it takes for the White Sox to win a game some you know devil magic so be it mm-hmm. there's not much else you could have done in that game to win it with the way that the offense looked at the beginning of the game yeah it's 103 degrees out there i feel like i don't i feel like the weather was just it was just tumultuous heat out there in chicago and it's not ideal especially at the end of the road trip you're just gassed it is what it is you have to be happy with an eight and two road trip obviously julio coming back from a couple of days off he had those cramps but it was a scheduled day off for him and then he had the stomach issue going on as well. Yeah. Came back in the third game of the series. Played okay. Yeah. Had a hit, but the, the, I would have hit come at a different moment in time. But you can't really pick and choose moments like that necessarily. I'm glad that he's okay from getting hit by the pitch. But I'm also glad he got hit by that pitch in the ninth inning. Because dude was, that was one of the most pitiful at-bats I'd ever seen. Yeah. Credit to Julio. He just came off player of the week. Like, no, not saying, like, anything bad about Julio. That at-bat specifically, though, was just tough. Yeah. I think in those moments, you just, you want to be the hero. And I get it. 
you're Julio Rodriguez. You are coming off AL Player of the Week. You just had 17 hits in four games. You can do anything. He's trying to to win the game. And mm-hmm. rightfully so. He should be trying to win the game. But the approach shouldn't always be hit the ball a thousand feet. And it looked like that's what was the attempt, at least on, mm-hmm. I think, the first pitch that he swung at. Again, it was Gino that came through with the big hit in the end. Um, the 10th inning, the top of the 10th, was tough to watch. I mean, they obviously did not advance Mike Ford to home plate. He got the third base on a little base knock by Josh Rojas, and it was yeah. first and third. But otherwise, yeah, bats in that inning were pretty bad. Ended with Julio. I think it was Julio grounding out to the pitcher. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Again. You can nitpick all you want. The fact of the matter is the Mariners went eight and two on this road trip and they come home to face the two worst teams, according to record, in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. You can't be mad. You just cannot be mad about how, the way the Mariners are playing baseball right now. And again, we're going to be at the J-Rod squad. We're going to be in the J-Rod squad on the 27th. Make sure to come out there and hang out with us. If you have not gotten your ticket already, we'll be giving away some cool prizes. That's going to do it for this episode of the Hit It Here podcast. We appreciate you guys watching this one. We'll see you next time. Go Mariners. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.